Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. OHL Hockey is back. This is the Farwell and Pope Podcast. Originating from the 570 News Studio in Kitchener. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Chris Pope. I want to make it clear as we start this episode that the Erie Insurance Arena has come a long way from the old Tulio. When Don Cameron and I would come in here for broadcasts and we'd stand on a wooden scaffolding in the middle of a section of seats with a milk crate for a step up onto it and do a broadcast from there amongst amongst the Otters faithful. But as nice as this arena is since the Reno, you and I are sitting inside the arena in the quote-unquote best seats in the house lounging on this leather couch and these seats suck yeah there's like like we're in prison there's (laughs) wires in front of us here as you look out onto the ice and we're in the corner up about 20 rows uh not the greatest vantage point but very comfortable seats as we watch the rangers have a morning skate as it winds down to record this podcast we see a couple fights breaking out playful playful uh wrestling and uh i'm ready to go home how about you uh, yes, I think they can have this playful wrestling after their big win last night. Emphasize the last night part because we're still here the next morning after the weather that has just been hammering southern Ontario for the past week or so. We had that doozy of a trip home from Owen Sound. You didn't even make it out of Owen Sound. You stayed with relatives the night of the storm and all the roads were closed the next day when we had made it out on an open road the night before, but it was a long wintry drive home and then here we are in Erie after the Otters couldn't make it to a game in Mississauga in the past week and we kind of got freezing rained in to Erie. I guess we haven't done a podcast since that Owen Sound game and our last podcast was done in the rink as well. I ended up having to go to my aunt's luckily she lives in Owen Sound and I stayed there and then I thought I'll just drive home the next morning. I wake up the next morning to news that every road is still closed in and out of that place and I ended up staying a full almost Seven or 48 hours there. It was uh, quite the time up in Owen Sound. It was bizarre weather. I couldn't see uh, the house across the road. It was like mini snowstorm tornadoes. You didn't know whether it was just blowing snow or whether it was actually still snowing. It turned out both. And uh, obviously, we, we wake up here in Erie uh, the morning after a game instead of driving home. I'm pretty sick of the winter weather right now. I normally don't complain that much about the winter. But when it starts uh, <laughs> taking over our, our life, it uh, it can turn to summer anytime now. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a weird little stretch weather wise and travel wise for us. And thinking back on that last episode of the pod when we were doing it from the stands at the Bayshore, here we are in the most comfortable seats, the best seats in the house here at the EIA. And yeah, that was recorded before the travel woes that we had leaving Owen Sound. It also was before Ricard Hug played his first game as captain of the Kitchener Rangers. And we've got a little story from the new Rangers captain coming up in just a little bit on this podcast. But since we're here in Erie, uh, a lot of talk lately because they all met before their game in the show, they all being Alex DeBrinkett, uh, uh, 
Strom and this what's his name again? Oh yeah, Connor Connor McDavid. Oh. Connor McDavid. Yeah. Uh, so those three guys, two of course with the Hawks, Strom and uh, Debrinket, and. McDavid with the Oilers get together for dinner the night before their game. They all go out and get points in the game against each other. But it's just neat to think that those three guys were patrolling the ice here in Erie uh, not too many seasons ago. And what a treat this franchise had with four consecutive 50-win seasons. With only two numbers retired here in Erie, I have to believe that those three players' numbers are in the rafters at one point. A CHL record of four straight 50 win seasons here in Erie and those three were a big part of it of course Connor only here for three years Uh, his first year they only won 19 games as we'll hear from the general manager in a little bit but those three a huge part of this franchise and it was uh, a great story going around uh, Chicago and here in Erie with those three players all playing uh, in a game and of course McDavid picks up two assists and Dabrinkit and Strom hook up for a goal Strom has been uh, sensational since going over to Chicago almost a point a game player Player, 10 goals in 30 games. Uh, it's a, it's, it shows you that a change of scenery sometimes for a young player can really uh, bring out the best in them. And obviously, he likes playing with the Brinkett. We saw what those two can do in this league, and it was damn scary. As you mentioned, we'll speak with Otters general manager Dave Brown just uh, a little bit later in this episode of the podcast as well. By the way, sponsorship opportunities still available for the Farwell and Pope podcast. So just Look us up on Twitter at underscore Chris Pope or at Farwell underscore OHL. Drop us a note. Don't forget to use the hashtag AskFNP if you've got a question you want us to address during the podcast or just something that you're curious about that we can maybe shed some uh, light on for you. One story we didn't get into with Dave Brown, and I, I deliberately didn't ask because, quite frankly, I'm not sure what the relationship uh, would be like with the former owner of this team, uh, Sherry Basson. He was quite the character in this league. And it's funny, he came up in conversation not too long ago, just as one of those characters in the game that y- you miss. But we all know that there were some real financial troubles at the end of it all for Sherry and who knows what. So anyway, I, did, I deliberately didn't bring it up. But uh, Sherry Basson will tell you the story about going to find Alex Dabrinkit, uh playing some high school or university hockey somewhere walking to the rink in a snowstorm without any boots and no socks so that's uh that, that that's sherry i think in a nutshell with a little story like that but that's how he found this debrinket kid who everybody else overlooked because he was so small and of course all he's done is score goals at every level he's played sherry's got stories from oh. this league from the nhl from every hockey rink in America, it seems, and Canada, he's got a story. And uh, definitely one of those characters um, around the game. And uh, you mentioned Dave. It was uh, great to sit down and talk with a guy that uh, was at the helm in Mississauga and Niagara at one point. Uh, comes down here to Erie, which, you know, off the start, wasn't having the best of years. Uh, it was in some real turmoil. And uh, they drafted a guy named Connor. And it seemed to kickstart the restart of the Erie Otters. And so we get to see that these guys, the friendships that they forge playing junior and the impact that they can have on a junior franchise like those guys did, but they maintain those relationships into the National Hockey League. And we saw something similar this past week as well when Gabriel Landeskog was a guest on After Hours on Hockey Night in Canada. And he spoke, of course, he's a former captain of the Kitchener Rangers, and he spoke very highly and very fondly of his time in Kitchener. Yeah, he did. He talked about just what he took away from it. Um, and he also talked about Ricard Hug. He had to correct Scott, o- Scott Oak, who asked, is it Hug or Hug? <laughs> and Gabe just gives him a head nod. It's Hug. And uh, 
he talked about uh, a story that we actually heard from Ricard Hug post game at the odd. First home game as a captain, and you get a hat trick. How does that feel? Oh, sure feels great. Dammer uh, set me up on two of them, and then Step set me up really good on one of them. So I didn't really have to work for them, but for sure feels great. Were the nerves running a little wild being at your first home game as captain? I wouldn't say nerves. I was just so excited and so pumped to get out and play. So yeah. You were one of four guys that were rotating wearing A's on this team, and Jay waited quite a while before naming a captain. How did that conversation go when you found out that you were going to be switching your letter from an A to a C? Oh, he actually told me at the same point as he told everyone else, so it was like a big surprise. Uh, it was after practice, and uh, yeah, he told it in front of everyone at the same time, so it's pretty special. What was going through your mind when he told everyone? Well, I just got super happy and excited. Uh, I don't I don't really remember anymore. I and then everybody just jumped me. <laughs> what, what did some of the guys say afterwards? Obviously, everyone was pretty happy. Yeah, like they said, congrats and like that, like you deserved it and stuff like that. So it feels great to have the support of the team. There was another Swedish-born player who was a captain of this hockey club. I can't remember his name. I'm kidding. Obviously, Gabe Landeskog. There was talk before you came that you talked to Gabe about what life was like here in Kitchener. What, how does it feel wearing that C, knowing he did as well? Oh, that's for sure special. Uh, I got a text from text from him actually when uh, when they named me captain. So it's pretty special that too, and uh, it's a lot of fun being the second Swede that played here uh, to wear the C. So yeah. What did it say? I just said like congratulations, uh, like keep like keep being yourself. That's why it shows you and like uh, pretty big to be the second Swedish captain. Like, let me know if you need help or have any questions. Was the text in English or Swedish? Swedish. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Thank you. Hug had uh, another two goals uh, in the Rangers' 8-4 win in Erie this week. And I think, uh, again, when you consider, and we've gone over the captaincy, that was a key part of our last episode of the podcast. And uh, he, I think he's been everything you'd want in a captain, and he's certainly performing uh, on the ice, hasn't missed a, a step, to say the least. Yeah, I think the the big part for me is when he he talked about, as you just heard, that when he was named captain, everybody mauled him in the room. And I think that goes to show that the other players were okay with it. The other players liked that he was captain. Um, sometimes you get a bit of... Uh, pushback almost from other players because they feel slighted that they weren't named captain or something like that uh there was no part of that and you and i get to see on the road with this hockey club it's a very tight-knit group the rookies are aren't treated tip like typical rookies um they're it's it's more so that they're all friends like you have some of the you know 98 players in the 99s that are going to be overagers next year you know goofing around with the 01s and the 02s it's it's not something you see on a normal basis around the league Last week on the podcast, we were also talking about the three-star selections from the game we had been to in Sault Ste. Marie, where the Rangers won in overtime, and Sault Ste. Marie swept the stars, which just makes no sense. The winning team did not get a single star, and wouldn't you know, the PR is bad on the three-star front again for the league this week, because the Rangers were in London and lost a one-goal game. Well, it was 4-2 with an empty netter, so it's a, it's a one-goal game. And the London Knights, again, sweep the stars, which the winning team, sure, they should get two stars. 
by the way I think the three stars should be done. But one of the stars was Paul Cotter, who had uh, zero points and zero impact on the game, quite frankly. And Lucas File, who played in goal for the Kitchener Rangers, making 38 saves, was overlooked in the three-star selections. Uh, a lot of people just roll their eyes and say that's typical London. But it's a bad look for the league. And honest to goodness, I think the league has to, as silly as it sounds, but it has to address it. You're, you're either going to keep the three stars and put in some sort of policy that they are selected so that they are an actual reflection of the game or you're going to do away with the three stars and make it a player of the game or something like that because it's just it's 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 an embarrassment is what it is when you're going to be that much of a homer on the three star selections and i guess it's not the only bit of bad pr the league got this week because if you are not yet following the twitter account at grandma doobie g r a m m a d u b i e as in Grandma Dubis, she went off on the officiating in Sault Ste. Marie's 4-2 loss to Sudbury this week. And uh, she let the Twitterverse know that she was unhappy and that the league has to do better when it comes to its officials. I love that if, if that is, in fact... Grandma Dubis, <laughs> that she's still watching the Sioux Greyhounds and she's chiming in on the league officials and stuff. I think that is just outstanding. I wonder if Kyle reached out and said, Grandma, come on. You're starting to doubt the uh, authenticity of the Grandma Doobie Twitter account? If Grandma Doobie has Twitter, that's awesome. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. The profile picture is her with Mike Babcock. So, I mean, how could it not be Kyle's grandma? I, I don't know. I'm not. Listen, until it's verified. <laughs> Grandma Doob is verified on Twitter. I can't wait. Uh, so the league's got some work to do in the three stars area. And according to Grandma Doobie, uh, they've also got some work to do when it comes to the officials they're putting on the ice. So two things that I get accused of complaining about a whole lot. Hey, I guess it's not just me. I've got good company with Grandma Doobie. I, she's the one who needs better company, I think. She's got a picture with Mike Babcock. I just think now now you're linking her with you. That's not good. That's a good point. Okay. Uh, This franchise here in Erie, as uh, we've kind of hinted at already, uh, is linked with Dave Brown as its general manager. He was the architect of the championship team just a couple of seasons ago, and now he is the architect of a rebuild here in Erie. I wonder, I mean, sometimes from the outside looking in, we look at this maybe almost like fantasy sports. When the years you're loading up, you're going after all these guys, and then it's time to unload. Is there one job that's uh, more fun than the other? Well, I think you have more fun when you're winning. So <laughs> I, I think that's uh, that's one thing. But you know what? It, it, it's a different perspective because you're watching guys develop and get better on a daily basis is is, is pretty interesting. And you know what? I think we stripped it right down to the, the bare bone um, with this last one and our our young guys will will win us games and our young guys will lose us games so it's it's interesting I I think both both scenarios are a little good and one of the things I said was that when you're winning 50 games four years in a row you really don't take enough time to appreciate what you're what you're going through I know after you know the first two wins that everyone said well we have a chance to win 50, you know, be the first team in the OHL to win 50 three years in a row. And then you, you spend so much time worrying about getting to 50 because you're trying to break that record. And then I'm like, after the third one, you're like, okay, great. Now we'll just, and then they're like, hey, if you do it fourth time, that's a CHL record. So really reflecting back, it's, it's something we haven't really, we didn't take enough time to enjoy that time. Have you taken time now to reflect back on those four years? And what do you take from it? You know what, I, I think one of the things we take from it is that, uh, you know, I think we had 
probably a perfect recipe of character and, and skill on those teams. And I look back even like last night to, to you know, where um, the Chicago uh, writer had talked about how Debrinket, Stroman, McDavid went for dinner the night before, and you know they, you know they they shared some time, and then you know McDavid had said it was it was kind of weird we were all on the same team at the exact same time. And and it is that is weird, and I think we look back and I think we were pretty spoiled as a as an organization and, and the hockey operations staff, but also the fans. I think we we maybe took for granted what we had. What's that like for you, Dave, to see those three guys now in the show doing what they're doing, but still you know maintaining those bonds that they forged here in Erie? Yeah, I think I I think it's exciting. I mean, we we spend a lot of time still talking to a lot of those guys. Um, and you know Eric Cernak scoring his first NHL goal with Tampa the other night, and you know when uh, I text him, he's still like within 30 seconds. I think he thinks he's on curfew or something. He, <laughs> he sends it right back, so it's like, hey. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's exciting to watch these guys hit some, you know, some career marks. You know, obviously DeBrink hit with 100 points in the NHL, and um, you know, and obviously with with Connor just continuing to progress, and then seeing, you know, the, how good the change has been for for. Dylan and you know um so it's it's been it's exciting like every day you can kind of look through and you know um there's guys nipping at the nipping at the door to try and get in you know Darren Radish in Chicago and that we 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 think that'd be kind of neat if they gave him an opportunity to have three guys on one team so you mentioned those names and it's hard not to talk about those names when you talk about the Erie Otters obviously Connor is Connor everyone knew what he was and what he was going to be the one that I always circle back to is DeBrinket because he was virtually unheard of and then all of a sudden he comes in and he's a superstar and then you think oh well now he's going to cool off no now he's better and then no now he's going to cool off and no now he's in the NHL what is the story from your eyes with Alex DeBrinket well, I, I think Jimmy McKellar had said to me, the only person who doesn't know he's five seven and a quarter is Alex DeBrinket. <laughs> um, he's just, he's got that perseverance with him. And, you know, it's funny, we have a quick video that we show our, our prospects, and it's Alex DeBrinket first week of his OHL career. And then we show the Memorial Cup uh, interview and how much he grew character-wise as a person. And, you know, I, I, I just think with Alex, he's just so humble. Um you know, it was something that he never really took, you know, for granted his accomplishments and continued just to, you know, gain steam. And, you know, I, I remember when he got cut, we were watching uh, from the U.S. national team as a 19-year-old. We were watching the game together as a team, um, U.S. and Canada, and we were watching it from Wild Wings in, in Saginaw. And, you know, you could tell he was emotionally hurt. And it could have been easy for him to, at that point to say, you know what, you know, there, there's so much adversity. I was so hard done by, but he came back stronger, and I think that was a key for me to see that you know what, this guy will be successful continuing moving forward. You just mentioned the culture and the, the character again here for the second time. We I mean, talked about it earlier with the recipe for success that you had over those four great years. And I, I talked to Jay McKee just before we came over here and asked him about these guys that he coached he now sees in the NHL, and he mentioned their character as well. So I'm reflecting back on a conversation we had with Kyle Raftis about a week ago, and he said they don't look necessarily for the best OHL player. They look for the best Sault Ste. Marie Greyhound. So what makes an eerie otter player? How much character are you looking for, as well, of course, as the talent on the ice? Yeah, well, I, I think I think you know we've we've turned our you know we've we've deleted a lot of players off our draft list based on you know what we perceive to be maybe bad work habits, um, 
poor body language on the ice more so towards teammates as opposed to you know officials or that sort of thing and I, I just think when when times get tough um, it's so easy for these guys to be able to turn the other way and say you know I can't do it and um, but we're looking for that resiliency that that these kids have and you know did they have a bad game um, you know what what they're in what parent interaction is it is a positive parent interaction or is it you know continued pressure to to kind of achieve yeah. but you know I, I I think for us I, I mean we, we put a lot of emphasis on 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 the person um, you know we asked their coaches we asked them about work habits and practice work habits in the weight room uh, or you know working out um, and and we try to extract that we've done a lot of work with a company called uh, core five and they they're based out of they were based out of Edmonton. The guy is uh, Al Hammernick, who works with us, has now since moved to Ontario. But um, and you know we he kind of gives us about five questions that we can ask in the interview uh, process on the telephone that can kind of give us an idea. Um, and then we just kind of we we tell the scouts, you know, it's great that he had two goals, but did he work hard? And I think one of the staples here has been how hard we work and. You know, I know that's one of the things with Chris. He's continued to push, and, you know, although some nights we get beat, I think our work ethic has been pretty good. Do you know what those five questions are, and can you tell us? I don't know. <laughs> I cannot tell you. I don't want to. Um, but, I, I mean, and there's some, there's some like, I mean, where does where does your desire to to succeed come from? Like, what what is what is a, a factor that you know is is pushing you to succeed? You know, why do you play the game? You know, things like that can kind of direct you. And we're we're looking for guys that are self motivated. Um, they can regulate themselves uh, in terms of you know, do we have to babysit them? Here we we wear heart rate monitors all the time. So um, you know, I I get a if I'm not here in Erie with the team, um, Chris Hartsberg and I get a, an output of you know what their max heart rate was on that day what it was you know what i mean so we've done a lot of things to try and you know regulate them but they also have to regulate themselves uh just going back you'd mentioned the the chl record four win or 450 win seasons it all came together on that ohl championship what was that finally like raising that trophy you know what? I, I think anytime you get that, you get that close, and you just you see it like you know in in fifteen, where like it was, it, it, you know, we got there, and we thought, okay, well, we were the best, one of the best players in the league, and um, you just you, you I, I don't know. I, to be honest, it was it was unreal, um, just to be able to uh, you know complete it and finish it. It was it was it was unbelievable because you get so close so many times, and you know that time it was like like when we won you know scott helpenny um who's now at the sabers we kind of looked at each other and like do we just did we just do that and <laughs> before we actually celebrated we had to look and we we're like did, did that actually happen so there was a lot of close calls i mean we went seven games with uh london and owen sound took us right to the edge as well so there was a lot of really close you know calls in that in that time and uh I, I think the harder it is, the, the the more you can cherish and you're able to reflect on the good times. How's this uh, community and this fan base been responding to the rebuild? Well, I think they're, you know, it's it's hard. I, I, I can look at it and, and, and I know the direction that I want it to go. I know when things are going in the right direction and, and well, you know, I mean, you can look at things and say, you know, our power play or our power play is at 19%. They would like to see it at 25 um, You know, our penalty kill hasn't been great, and it's at 66%. And, you know, they want to see it at, 
85. Um, it, it's hard. I mean, young kids make mistakes, and that's how they get better. If they never make mistakes and everything comes easy, probably not going to have very good result down the road. So it's a little easier for me. Um, you know, I, I beg for their patience, and we'll <laughs> hopefully better days will be ahead. That, some of that patience was exercised before Connor came here, before the winning that we talked about. He mentioned that when he was drafted here, some people asked him, All right, do you want to go there? And he said, I'm going wherever they, wherever I get drafted to. Much of the same when he went to Edmonton. And obviously what's going on in Edmonton isn't pretty right now and everything. Do you talk to him and is there a message that you tell him to just kind of you know stay doing what you're doing? I, I haven't talked to Connor directly um, you know, over the last over the last year, uh, he did pop in f- for a game here, and you know we kind of talked, but nothing really on that. I, you know, I talked to Brian, his father, uh, about uh, two weeks ago, and you know he he's kind of the same message that you know Brian um, obviously has a lot of you know he, he's a, he I don't want to say persuade he can persuade him, but he he's a lot a lot of. Uh, you know clout with with connor and i think you know he's that's why connor is who he is today and you know he'll stay patient through the process and i think what a lot of people forget too here is we only won 19 games his first year here so it wasn't all it wasn't all rosy like i think that was probably the first time like when he 19 he's like 19 games are you kidding we're only winning 19 so it was really difficult for him at that point as well so um but uh yeah I, i think anytime you're rebuilding you have to stay patient because the minute you veer off the road the the you know the goal gets a little further be, you know away so appreciate your time dave thanks so much thanks we actually got a chance to see dave brown again this morning as i was leaving to starbucks he was walking into the rink he says you guys are still here yeah we're still here and i think uh it's almost time for us to load the bus it's probably quieter for our listeners now there's no more players left on the ice which means we're starting to head for home and apparently still some more freezing rain there yeah dave was a little surprised when he saw us and i said you went home last night didn't you but no he didn't he he was here in erie as well and uh this is a community that's got a loyal fan base but it was a pretty sparse crowd uh for a midweek game against the rangers so he's got some work to do to get the to recapture the imaginations of these fans but you're right we've got some work to do to to get home have we mentioned yet how much we're so let's just make this clear uh we're not happy with the three stars grandma doobie's not happy with the officiating and neither you nor i popper are happy at all with the winter weather enough of this madness the nice part is, though, I, I took a walk to Starbucks. I'm only wearing a hoodie and a T-shirt right now. It's actually nice down here in Erie. It's the problem that we're going to hit once we hit Buffalo and Niagara and then on our way to Kitchener that I think is going to result in some problems. Other than that, I'm pretty happy with everything right now. If you're hearing this podcast, that means we made it because it got uploaded to uh, all of your favorite podcast places. So thanks for coming along for another trip with us from Erie, Pennsylvania, and uh, we'll be back in another week with another episode. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. And again, use the hashtag on Twitter, hashtag FNP. And if you want to just tell us another rink to do a podcast from, let us know, because apparently we got time on our hands this OHL season. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, (laughs) at underscore Chris Pope and at Farwell underscore OHL. I am Farwell. And I'm Pope. And that is the Farwell and Pope podcast. This has been the Farwell and Pope podcast, posted weekly. If you have questions, topics, or a story you would like to be covered, simply email mike at 570news.com. The Farwell and Pope podcast originates from the 570 News studio in Kitchener. Hi, I'm Emily Roger 
and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.